Hello, and welcome to Leading Ladies of Montana Real Estate, a show about buying and selling homes in Montana and the power realtors and power lenders that make that happen. We are your hosts, Colleen Wood. And I'm Alicia Retz. Each week, we will discuss the housing market, how to navigate it, and what questions you need to be asking yourself along the way. But that's not all. We will also dive into how to navigate the ins and outs of being leaders in business and how to build a robust and dynamic team within that business and navigating the world as a career-driven professional, all while raising a family. Join us as we share our highs and lows in real estate, business ownership, and motherhood. Hello, Colleen. Hey, girl. I'm so excited to be here. Totally different co- podcast for us. Oh, my gosh. Super excited about it. I just got goosebumps. This is this is really out of our comfort zone. Yes, we are at the <laughs> EXP Montana Summit at Fairmont Hot Springs. Oh, my gosh. It's beautiful here. And we have an amazing guest with us. We do. We have an amazing guest. She's a badass. And she's got a beautiful butt that we just found she out She does, but I hear she covers it. Oh, oh man. Oh, no. Oh, she, oh, oh she there it is. Nice there booty. it is. We saw it. All right. <laughs> we have Elizabeth Riley. She is a top agent out of Austin, Texas. She's, she's not just a top. She's in top the top half of a percent in all of EXP. That, she's you know insane. The, a lot. Yeah. A lot. So she's a producer. She's a killer. All right. I can't wait to okay. talk to you about everything real estate. How are you doing? I am so excited to be here. This is awesome. Y'all are amazing. We're going to have so much fun already. I know. So. We have a great time. We've got we've got vodka. We've got whiskey. We've got something something in a cup over there. Crown. Crown. Oh, um, yep. So this is going to be this is going to be a good podcast. We are so grateful to get to be here. Um, this is going to be a series of podcasts that we're going to be interviewing a few folks that are here. So that's going to be fantastic. You guys are going to be hearing some background noise of realtors checking in and doing their thing. Hard so, hard. These conferences, yeah. basically, it's just a drunk fest. I mean, sometimes a they motivational are. motivational drunk fest. It's motivational. But you know what? I know that all realtors are really excited to meet Elizabeth and, all, and learn about all the things that she's doing. Yes. Yeah, so, okay, talk to us. So you've been in real estate for how many years now? 17 and a half now. 17 and a half. 17. You and I started the same I year. I don't look it though, right? No, no. Right. Not a day we're I mean, some exactly. of us look a little disheveled after 17 years of real estate. I didn't look disheveled after, after this week. <laughs> it was a week and a half, man. <laughs> yeah, so 17 years. Started in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. And then in 2008, I was uh, transferred with my husband to Austin, Texas. Okay, Super. how did that happen? So I got in real estate because my CPA told me I had to. Oh, there right? you go. We were in, I like that. We were investors and I actually, y'all, I was kicking and screaming. I had no interest in being in real estate. And so got my real estate license and I was like, okay, fine. But I started working with people that knew me, liked me and trusted me. I was like, well, this is actually fun. It's not work. Yeah. Became a top producer in Atlanta, Georgia. And then 2008, my husband was transferred to Texas with his company. He worked for Dell at the time. Okay. So wait, you were a top producer in Atlanta and then you had to pick it up and go to Austin and start over? Start over in 2008. In 2008. I I started in 2008. It was crazy. It's in Portland and they had to come back to Montana. It was, yeah. Well, and everybody that I met at the time, I only had one child and everybody was like, you're crazy. You're going to get in real estate here now. Yeah. The market's doing, I'm like, this is opportunity. Yep. If you can live this, you can do anything. Atlanta burst. Yeah. I was doing closures and short sales and Austin, I was like, well, everybody's buying and selling at some point. So I might as well meet people anyway. And so I built my business in 2008. And Austin started, I, I was with Keller Williams for 10 years. Sure. Amazing company. It's a great company me. to get started. And then in Austin, same thing. And then in mm-hmm. 2014, 
out of 650 agents, I was number one. So I built my Holy girlfriend. Wow. That's, that's fantastic. Referrals and meeting people and getting to know people and loving yes. on people. Yeah. And absolutely. I mean, it's, it is a lot more than that too, though. It's the follow-up. It's the work ethic. You have to be passionate about oh, yeah. it. And you make it sound like it was that easy, but I know there was a lot of struggles along the way, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah there is with anything, but if it's worth it, you know, you want to really pour into it. And it's it's really consistency in anything you do. Exactly. Right. I mean, whether it's the gym or whether it's eating yep. healthy or whether it's real estate. Yep. Um, I stay in touch with my clients. I love them all. And and um, it's built my business. And I've been really, really fortunate. Motivation so, through consistency. I mean, is. that's something that is a that is a point that we bring up a lot. And it's really true. And how how hard it is for salespeople to keep that motivation because they're not consistent right. with literally anything. So it's really important. And that's what really separates the top producers. And you're just spelling that out right there. So yeah, keep going. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, when something gets hard mm. or you fail at something, a lot of people just quit. Yeah. And that's where the growth comes from, right? Yep. It's like on the other side of fear, on the other side of failure is growth. And it's like, well, I'm not going to give up. Right. And I'm I'm not going to be one of the percentages that just doesn't make it. So Or focus on the failure. I think right. that's what a lot of people do is they focus and that's all they see. It's like, no, I had so many other successes and a lot of failures along the way, but just keep going forward. You know, a lot of times people, especially women, I actually learned this yesterday from another top agent. A lot of times women specifically view any sort of big change as a failure because it's an ending of something and then a beginning of another season. And it's not failure. It's just a changing of seasons. Like just like we know when a season, a season passes just very naturally, there's natural decay and death and then there's a rebirth. And that's exactly what you did when you moved from Atlanta to Austin. You know, you had to let that die. And that like, that feels so horrible when you, it feels like failure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't think it's failure. I think, it's, no. you know, everybody learns from every experience and people always ask me knowing where I am now, looking back, would you have changed something? No, no. Because I learned from every individual yeah. situation that I encountered and I'm grateful for those lessons, right? How so about in the moment? The lessons. How about, how'd you feel in the moment when you had failure? Well, changes, seasons. You know, I don't ever dwell in that. Like yeah. I, I move so fast. Mm -hmm. I'm a mom of four. And, wow. you know, I mean, at that point I had one child and I have an 18 month old. So you're thinking about, okay, I've got to get my husband and my family and my wife, or not my wife, I don't have <laughs> but maybe I need a wife. Um, we all son, need one. <laughs> and you don't, you don't really, I mean, I think as women, we, we forget about ourselves a lot because we yeah. put everybody and everything in front of us. Right. And so I don't really ever... I mean, I wasn't real thrilled because I was like, well, shoot, I got to start all over again. But I'm like, okay, well, let's just do this. Right. Yeah. I was always supporting my husband, no matter what that was. And so I just, I don't think that I really had that feeling. I was like, okay, well, I did it once. Yeah. Well, you do a really good job of operating in chaos. Oh, and that's, we were talking that's, about that when we were getting ready in the yeah. hotel room. Yeah. It's yeah. like those, those that can operate in chaos that can actually thrive in chaos are able to move through these changes super quickly. Whereas a lot of people are really stuck in whatever the change, they can't make a decision and they can't move forward. And that's the majority of people, but there's a few of us and obviously Elizabeth's just like us. Yes, yeah, so of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I mean, I think it also looks about, looks back at your upbringing too, right? I grew up in a crazy situation family, right? Yeah. We had, I was the oldest of six. Oh, wow. But my parents were foster parents and we okay. had 140 children in 20 years. Oh, so my you want to talk about chaos? That's chaos. That's right? amazing. So I think I've taken a lot from what I've learned from my mom and growing up, and I just, you just okay, do it. All right, we get, we're gonna get let, let's get Sorry, personal we, about that. No, I need I want to hear about it because our last podcast I talked about, um, we're we were considering a foster to adopt situation, mm. and I'm worried about my kids and if they're gonna have resentment towards that. Like, how do you feel towards your parents with what they've done? How old are your kids? Five and eight. Okay. So I think that's really a fair question. And I love that you're thinking about that. My parents didn't know what they didn't know. Looking back, 
it was hard on us. Right. Looking back, yeah. there were a lot of there. Uh, trauma is such a, a strong word, especially when you have these children that were in trauma. But we we kind of experienced our own trauma. My parents did the best that they could. Right. And, and they, they were, were helping these loving people. people. Yes. And these children. But what happened is I think I took it on more as I don't have the right to ask for anything. Oh. I don't have the right to raise my hand and say, hi, I need my mom. I need this. Yeah. Because how could I ask when you've got these children who have truly major trauma? Experienced yes. trauma. Yeah. So my husband's, he's an only child raised by his grandparents. Oh and, my gosh, a completely so we're different completely world. Opposite. <laughs> and that was when we were dating. He was like, are you going to want to have foster children? I was like, oh my gosh, my heart. And um, my youngest sister was adopted out of the foster system. And I think if once my kids are older or if my kids were younger, I mean, you've yeah. got two that are still young and the, you, the, they one, can the, learn some amazing, amazing um, lessons from that. Maybe you don't need 140 of them. Right. And we're right. looking at yeah. one. She's three. I feel like yeah. it's a good situation Absolutely. what we have. But yeah, I'm worried that they'll feel yeah resentment towards it. Um, I don't feel resentment. Um, I don't feel resentment. That's not okay, a word great. that I feel. I've struggled with a lot of self-worth and things over the years. And I think that is why I'm so driven in business. Yeah. To prove myself. And yes. that's not always a healthy thing. But I'm just being transparent here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I think that's really what drove me and, and drives me to this day. And I want to be, you know, everything for my kids. And we want to do all these other things. But we have to let them fall and learn on their own too. And I think my kids now would actually benefit really, really well to have some children, some families in that are less fortunate than them and understand yeah, see, that. I, bit, I, yeah. I worry about that raising my yeah. kids too, that we're giving, we try not to give them too much, but That's just how we are. when you do well at real estate, you have a lot of opportunities and yeah. vacations and what have mm-hmm. you. And I worry about that. Yeah. This is, that's such a cool story. So are you now still operating the same way where you don't ask for help or you feel like you're going to be a bother because of the situation you grew up in? I've, I've, Hi. Oh, yeah, we see a friend. friend. Hello. (laughs) Amy is the one who asked me to come to Montana. I'm like, yes, I've never been to Montana. Let's go to Montana. Um, Yes and no. I've learned to ask for help and in my business. The only way you can scale and grow is to have help and have people surround you. Because what I realized is when I was trying to do everything, I don't do it well. No. All myself, right? I have things I have a gift at. I have things I'm really good at, things that I thrive in that I love to do. And then there's the other stuff. So I find um, I do much better and I thrive when I have help and I have people surrounding me. And so we can talk about that with business, but I have help in my business. I have help in my family Sure. um, and it's made me a different person. But I think that has kind of helped me get to where I am because of my upbringing. Yeah, we talk about that a lot too, where people might not do it as well as you. They might do it different than you. I have a team with me as well. And it's hard to just give off buyers or listings or what have you think. And they're, they're going to do it differently. But trusting and getting the right people around you makes a big difference. But when you yeah. empower them, sometimes yes. they do it better. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, that, wow. I didn't think of that. Oh, we completely I, can learn yeah. from anybody. Yeah. Um, so, new agents we can learn stuff from. Yeah. So exactly. talk to us about what your team looks like. So I don't really have a team, right? Okay. Um, I'm at AXP Realty. So I left KW after 10 years, yeah. not because I was unhappy, but I saw another opportunity. Sure. Um, and I was in a market center with 650 agents and this little company of EXP had 400 agents at the time. Mm. So it wasn't like it is now, right? Mm-hmm. We weren't proven. Nobody knew who we were, but I saw an opportunity. I loved the leadership. I loved the founder and people join people. I truly believe that. And I was stuck where I was and I wasn't inspired. Like, I want to inspire, but I also want to be inspired. Yes. So um, I, I started building. And what was really cool about EXP is we could brand ourselves. We lead with ourselves. I wanted to break into more luxury at the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm Lux Property Group. Nice. Um, and I had a number of agents that are good friends of mine. And I didn't want to be a boss. Mm-hmm. Does that mean? I, I didn't oh, want to have my own brokerage. I don't want to be 
I don't, I'm not Catholic, but I have Catholic guilt. Right. So if somebody is not right, so if not, if somebody's not, Catholic, but no okay, so Catholic, you get it. You get yes. it. So if somebody doesn't have a deal or can't pay their bills, like I would feel guilty uh-huh. for that. But I wanted to have like minded, amazing women around me that would lift each other as we climb. Yes. So I have a self-organized team. It's Lux Property Group. All of us are on the team together. We all have individual caps with the company. We have our own clients, but we work together. We brand ourselves together. So we look bigger in the marketplace. Sure. Um, That's smart. We act like a team. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we operate as a team. We look like we're a team. Meredith is amazing. She co-lists everything with me. Leanne's amazing. She works with all the buyers because that's what they love to do. My TC, which is right my, my right hand, I told her if she ever gets out of the business, I'm out because yeah. she has been with me for 12 years. Yeah, no, I understand. Um, mm-hmm. And she is amazing. And then I've got my marketing assistant, Kay, who's just come on with the last six, eight months, and she's been amazing. And so we've created this little bit of, of family. Yes. We just help each other out no matter what that is. That's so, so great. Yeah. And it makes it all more fun for the successes and it makes the failures not hurt as much. Exactly. Exactly. So, I do just a lot of transactions. That's yeah. how I make my money. But I, I do a little bit of luxury. It's definitely not my bread and butter. How did you change from transactions and just selling normal homes to luxury? I do a lot of transactions. Um, it's all about perception and marketing and being consistent and getting out and letting people know what you're doing. People see me all the time and they just, and, and, and here's been a problem with my, my brand that I had to overcome. You were and kind I had of to saying learn, this before, right? Yeah. When so we were talking w- earlier. when I launched Lux Property Group, I had friends, good friends, good clients of mine. My business is 100% referral, okay? Wow. And so um, they would sell or buy something like, oh, I just bought a rental property. I'm like, because they thought you were too busy. I'm getting those calls now too. They thought I only did luxury. Right, right. And I'm like, oh, time out. Like, I didn't understand that. So it was a perception thing. And so we just market differently and it just takes time and it's consistency. I reach out to my clients three times my goal, right? Because we're failing forward, Right. right? My goal is three times a month. 36 times a year, whether direct mail, whether coffee, whether just building that relationship, because I truly, I've never cold called, I never knocked on doors. And I'm not saying don't do that. If that's your specialty and that's your, that's your heart and that's your authentic self, cool, you know, go do that. Mm -hmm. That's not me. Mm -hmm. Right. That's how I got started was cold calling. See, and I I was just so much respect. And I did it consistently and it worked great for me. I haven't cold called in a year. Yeah. Um, it's not out of laziness. It's just I haven't had to, but I have no problem doing that. Yeah, but I think that's really great that that you're staying in front of your people. Well, and not only that, it's like I treat my clients like they're my one and only. Yep. And then they tell everybody. And because if you do a good job or a bad job, they're going to tell everybody. Absolutely. Right? And most of the time, right. if you do a bad job, they tell more people right. yep. <laughs> than so they I, do when they did a good job. Well, exactly. And so Mm -hmm. I truly believe if you earn the relationship and you build the relationship, you have the right to earn the business. And we do become super close with our clients. It's one of the things that I love about the business is they do become friends and I do get to know them. You get to see the best and worst of them and and, in a great way, even the worst, you just get to see who they truly are. Yeah. Yeah. And I value them. And I can tell you're a people person as well. Yeah. You really actually enjoy that interaction. I love it. Well, yeah. and most of the time, the real estate transaction is attached to some sort of a life event. And so we're not just navigating the real estate transaction and trying to make that as smooth as possible, but we're also navigating all the emotions that go through moving and maybe there's a baby or a marriage or a divorce or, you know, or a death, you know, a lot, mm-hmm. oftentimes, or, you know, maybe even a relocation like you went with with your husband. I mean, 
There's just so many other things that are involved that we have to make their transaction as smooth as possible. Yeah. Yeah. We have to be really good at our jobs. Yeah. 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 And know the technical part and Mm -hmm. have your phone on all the time. How do you manage time management? Like, do you have hours that you work? She's got four babies too. Like, how how do you do all of that? I have two and I'm like, gray hairs are popping up every day. Yeah. Well, we cover them well, ladies. (laughs) Um, You know, and so I have a lot of help and I've had to learn to ask for help. And I've been incredibly blessed with uh, my business, building my business, and then also kind of where I am with EXP. Um, you know, I, I got involved in EXP really early on. Mm-hmm. had no idea. And I'm agent 466, and now we have 85,000 agents. You're agent oh, wow. 466? I am. I saw that in the notes. I didn't understand it. Yeah. <laughs> I had a crazy week. I didn't do as much research as I should have, but I did know you were a crazy badass. That's so impressive. Yeah, that's so amazing. I didn't know it at the time that it was impressive, but it was no, yeah, because you were cool. the last one at that point, right? You yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> well, and it's one of those things. I'm one of those risk takers, and and I, you know, I had an amazing career at KW, and I was just mm-hmm. again, I was on a hamster wheel. I'm like, I, you're fired after every transaction. Yep, you have to start over. And mm-hmm. I would get a baseball cap every year saying capper grateful uh, for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't pay my mortgage and it doesn't right. pay my kids schools. Right. And so when I was introduced to EXP, um, I was like, Oh, well, this is really cool. Cause they were talking about stock and they were talking about, yep. we were the amazon.com yeah, real okay. estate. And I'm like, so break this down for yeah. uh, agents who don't know EXP. I think it's yeah. getting out there really fast. It, it was just, it's booming, yeah. but break down how EXP works. So it's EX- really unique. So what's really cool about EXP is we're a platform where we partner with the agents, right? So we're incredibly entrepreneurial mm-hmm. as agents. And so we can come in and lock arms with a platform that provides resources and tools and collaboration and, you know, brokerage support and takes off the liability and allows us to build the business we'd want to build without all of that stuff, right? Wow. And it's really, really expensive as a broker. I, I mean, I, I looked at starting my own brokerage. Yeah. It's very, very expensive. And there's so much liability. And I was like, I don't, yeah. okay, I don't want to work that hard. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I want to work on the things that I'm good at, which is working with my clients. I don't want right. to, I don't want to deal with accounting and, you know, E&O and legal and all this other stuff. And right. so um, they took away all the guesswork. Right. And what was really cool is we were the first model to offer stock. Oh, for wow. And so the agents, all the agents are actually owners of this company. So where I was getting a baseball cap for being a top producer, I'm now getting stock awards. That's amazing. Right? And uh, that's why I joined the company. Everybody joins the company for different reasons. Everybody sure. has a, a pebble in their shoe for where, from wherever they're, right. they are to where they're going. But for me, I'm like, hmm, I'm a producer. You want to give me stock? You just want to give me stock yeah. for doing production? And he talked about this icon award where it's the top 2 to 3% of agents in the entire company and you get your cap back in stock, which was crazy to me. And wow. And I'm like, what if, you know, what if we were like an amazon.com? What if that happens? What if something takes off? Because I don't know about you ladies, but if I'd known what Amazon was going to do way back when, when we're like, you're going to sell books online, you're going to what? Yeah, I remember that. Right. right. (laughs) I would have absolutely jumped in. um, And I was like, well, that would be amazing. But what if it doesn't work? Right. We Mm -hmm. always have that. And then like, well, any brokerage will take me. They need top producers. Right. So I just jumped in and I was surrounded by amazing people. And um, I was the first icon ever named in the company. Oh, my God. Okay, what what's the icon? Icon's the top two to three percent of the agents around the country. Oh, my um, goodness. And you get your so we're an 80, 20 split, 100 percent after that. And then our cap is 16,000. So not, wow. not that across the country. So it's about two and a half million in production. Once you do your cap and you do a certain number of productions and you can be an icon, which icons also give back. There's a cultural component, which I think is amazing. Cool. That 16000 is paid back to you in stock. 
Oh, wow. So my first Icon Award, y'all, was around a dollar share. Uh-huh. And then, by the way, it went up and it split. So that one award is about worth 32,000 shares. Wow. And I have seven of them. Girl, get yourself wow. out of town. Congratulations. So fun, right? So that's when it changes your life. Then you're like, okay, now I can really focus on what I want to focus on. I want to focus on inspiring people and changing people's lives and working yep. with my clients. Right. Glenn, our founder, always talks about pain versus purpose. Mm -hmm. Once you're out of the pain, the financial, like the whatever that is in your world, what's your purpose? Right. So I'm now in my purpose and I've been having the best time and and I don't work a day of my life because what I do is something I enjoy. You're at the servant leader stage. Right. You've been the hero. Now you're the servant leader. So amazing. EXP is amazing. So there's stock. There's six ways to get stock in the company, which again, I have ownership in a company where my other company, I I didn't. Most companies you don't. There's all these different passive income opportunities. There's so many tools, but for me, it's the people. It's the collaboration. Since we're all owners, Mm -hmm. like we open our playbooks and we're like, wait a minute, you're in Montana. This is what you're doing. Okay, cool. This is what I'm doing in Austin. We're not competition. Right. That's right. We can share. We're not competition. That was my favorite no. thing about it when I had one meeting with somebody about it. And it was, it's just, yeah, yeah, because I have a lot of friends who are realtors as well. And if we could collaborate together and your success is my success, I mean, that just feels feels so obvious. But most companies doesn't benefit you. Nope. Right. Not at so all. So EXP switched that script. So first of all, most people don't. Well, we're not competition. You're in Montana. I'm in Austin, Texas. Right. And right? I, I have a referral for you. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited about that. <laughs> right? um, number two, most people don't do what you tell them to do anyway. Right. And number three, if somebody from EXP wins, I win because I'm an owner of this company and we want right. to have the people, you know, we want our company to be great. Right. right? So it's super fun. Um, I've been there seven and a half years now. Wow. We've seen growth from 466 to over 85,000. We're now in 23 countries. Wow. I think 18 of those launched during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, we're traded on NASDAQ. I'm the first, I'm one of two agents that was actually on the NASDAQ floor with our founders and leadership and board of directors when we rang the bell. Wow. How cool is Congratulations. that? So it's just bucket list items you don't know. Yes. But anyway, back to your question on how, like help. I don't do this alone. Right. right? Like I mentioned in my business, I've got my TC, I've got my colleagues, we all help each other and EXP agents all help each other regardless if they're in Lux Property Group or not. But personally, my family's my world. Mm -hmm. So I had a nanny for a long time. And then as, so my children are 16, 13, 11, and nine. Wow. And once my little one went to kindergarten, my nanny said, do I need to get another family? And I'm like, are you kidding? Your family, what are you talking about? She's like, well, I said, let's, let's talk about this. Let's pivot. You can be my house manager. Yes. So she, Anna's now my house manager. Um, she, you know, she does the cleaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does. And it sounds braggadocious, but it's really not. It's like leverage, no. right? We talk no, about we've this been a lot there too. too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's a game so changer. She does the laundry. She does the cooking. She mm-hmm. helps if you, pick up. If you calculate what you make an hour, it is worth it to not have to clean your house all weekend. Right. And then you can spend those hours with your family cooking and enjoying them. And exactly. And running them all over life. and kids and yes. sports and be I mean, all this other stuff. And so... Here's the really cool thing. You know, people talk about books all the time mm-hmm. and they're like, what books are you reading? I'm like, oh yeah, I never thought too much about it because I love to read books, but I'm like, nothing's really changed my life. Well, there's a book called mm. Dine with Zero, Die With Zero that changed my life. Die so, With Zero. Die With Zero. All right, everyone, okay. write that okay. down. By Bill Perkins. Okay. And it really talks about like we work so hard mm-hmm. to retire and then yeah. what happens? Mm-hmm. Well, you don't have the health. You don't have the wealth. Your kids have grown. You missed it. Yeah. And it was during the pandemic and I came home. My husband was at Dell for 25 years, corporate. He, at the end of his career, he was traveling internationally. He was a global sales director in Dubai and South Africa and places like that. So he was gone a long time. Mm-hmm. 
and my kids had said, you know, we never see dad. We don't, they didn't really have a relationship with him. Oh, that's so sad. It's so sad. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm like, why we're doing all this for y'all. You know what I yeah. mean? So, um, we talked about it and I saw him during the pandemic. He's still in his office at three in the morning talking to different countries, right? Because he still right. has to do his job. And I walked in one day and I said, why are we doing this? Yeah. He goes, this is what I need to do. This is what we I do. Go, yeah. You, you don't need to do this. Like financially, we're out of the pain. We're into the purpose. I'm going all over the place speaking and, and helping right. and pouring into people. This is my purpose. I love this. What's yours? He was like, well, this is what I have to do. I was like, you don't have to do this. Right. And I said, why do you think you have to do this? He goes, well, I have the insurance. I was like, well, EXP yeah. has healthcare. We have had this, EXP my husband healthcare? and I have That's had this amazing. conversation so many times. I can't even tell you. Right. That, I, and it always comes down to the healthcare. And it like, comes to healthcare. And I'm like, you, you know, I do okay. Yeah. You know, it'll be okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But it's that, it's that kind of that fear, right? There's yep. always a fear. And, and I think maybe there's something there's, with guys. Oh no. Here the, we go. Yeah. My <laughs> husband doesn't listen, so I'm free to talk about it. He's what? With, my husband doesn't listen to this. Oh. So I'll just talk about it. Zane listens. Either. My husband listens to every okay. single Hi, episode. Zane, you're sweetheart. We love your husband. <laughs> yes. But, yeah. Um, when I really took off and made 10 times what he makes, and he does great. He yep. has a very good job, works really high up in a bank, making 10 times what he makes. It was, and he's an open, kind, thoughtful, feminist husband. Yeah. It killed him. I mean, yeah. I mean he was yeah. so proud of me. He was my biggest supporter, my biggest cheerleader. Yep. I'll pick up kids. But it was, um, it was hard, one of the hardest things we went through in our relationship is me yeah. making a lot of money. Yep. And I did not think that's what would happen to us. See, we didn't have that issue. And I don't want to say we had an issue, but we read that book, Die With Zero. I was challenged by some very dear friends of mine to read this book. And I read it and I told my husband, I need you to read this book too. And we're going to sit down with the kids. And I don't want to give it all away. Y'all have to read it. It's an amazing book. But I told him, I said, we don't have to do this. And I said, if healthcare, I said, first of all, don't give an objection to a listing agent. <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> come on. Come on. Come on. Find the positive. Yeah, I said, EXP has healthcare. And he goes, Really? And I said, yeah. I said, so we read this book. We want to do something different. What if I retire you? And he looked at me and he goes, yeah. what are you talking about? I said, listen, I go to all these real estate com conferences. I see all the guys always, by the way, 65% of real estate agents are women. Yep. So why are all the guys up there talking about, well, my wife stays home and whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, that's cute. And that's great. And I love that for you. Mm -hmm. But what if I retired you in, as a, a woman? Mm-hmm. What would you think about that? And I said, but you got to let me share that story because I want to empower other women to think right. differently. And he's like, okay. I retired my husband three years ago, February, yeah. and from the mine. And he had worked in the mines for eight years and Amazing. it was a game changer and it's super, super hard. But it got to the point that it was like, you and I are ships in the night. What are we doing? And the risk that was there for him being in that space. And we're so grateful that he's not there anymore. And now he just gets to be a cowboy. And, you know, he yeah. just gets to do all things cowboy and, 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 and run our place and do all that stuff. It is a game changer. And you're right. I hope to die with zero. And it changes your life, right? Yeah. And so we retired him last May. So yeah. It's been about a year and a half, which is amazing. But more importantly than anything... First of all, I want to empower other women to be able to do that, yep. but do that for what's important to you and your family. That was right. what I needed for my family. That's what he needed for my family. Mm -hmm. um, my kids are closer to him. They know him. He has a relationship with, with them now. He didn't right. have that. And my 11-year-old, he's severely dyslexic. And so my husband works with him a lot with um, schoolwork and things like that. Little Levi said, Dad, you used to be gone all the time. 
but I really like that you're home all the time. Oh I gosh. like that. And so they pick, he helps me with family, um, pick up kids, things like that. And I've so, had a crazy week, yeah. family stuff, all the things, talk about the foster kid. I'm getting emotional. <laughs> like, it's so great though. Yeah. Like, you're hitting my soul right now. I think it's wonderful. I think, I think there's so many, the family unit is so incredibly so important. important. Um, and I, I think especially, you know, these days. And so, I mean, my kids are my world. Yeah. yeah. So it's, so I have a lot of help and it allows me the freedom to go work in real estate and I don't have to do real estate, but I just, I keep getting drawn to it. I so, will do, I'll be doing it until. Yeah. yeah. I can't even I'll imagine be, not doing, yeah. it doesn't not work doing not this in work. some, but in some aspect. So what I'm doing now though, and this is what's really cool. Mm-hmm. I don't need to, the transactions don't move me, right? Mm. They don't fulfill me anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. But what if I can help other agents because the real estate comes to me. Right. So now what I'm doing is all of my other agents and ones that I'm mentoring or the ones that I'm pouring into, every single transaction of mine has another agent on it because now they're going to get 50% because I want them to be boots on ground. They are learning from a top agent. They're getting paid and making a commission. They're learning everything from me and it frees me up to go do whatever I want to be doing. Okay. So, um, so I'm on the beginning part of a team. It's only been two and a half years that I have um, my agents underneath me. And I know yours is structured a little differently. So how do you work referrals after the transactions that you just give them? Because I'm pretty much the same way where I'm just giving them the business. And then we split things uh, depending on how it works between buyers or listings. So let's say they do most of the work on something and then they get a referral off that business. Do you still do 50-50 or just let them take it and run? Yeah, no, I, I, I truly believe in teaching somebody to fish instead of feeding them fish. Right. Right. And so all the businesses in my name, I'm the lead. If it's my referral, I'm the lead. Well, I'm talking about the referral after. The second one. The second one. They still come to me. Wow. They they all still come to me, yeah. Because my clients, I'm still involved. Okay. I I don't hand them off completely. So like, for example. Even buyers? Even buyers. Mm Because I'm not in the car and I'm not doing all the boots on ground stuff, but I'm still communicating. We still have a process. And so Okay, talk to me a little bit more about that because I'm, maybe that's where I'm. I'm not quite, quite doing it right. I pretty much just hand off the buyers. Yeah, I don't do that. Okay. Talk to me. So how, like, do you kind of work more as a, not a transaction coordinator because you have one, but how are you communicating? How are you keeping those buyers involved with you? So it depends on the clients, right? And how they want to communicate. Most of them want to be on text. So is it like just a group text between you and the other? Okay. Mm -hmm. So the agent and I, so Leanne's usually my buyer's agent, Leanne and myself and whoever the client is, we're on a group text. And so we're all communicating. And what I do is they go with me to the initial meeting because I'm introducing them and the way I pitch it, which is true, you get two of us, yep. right? For one, right? right? Instead of one agent, you have two of us in case one's busy where you're always going to have access to somebody. So they feel a little bit more taken care of. Okay. So but the then first I step back. buying, like, so for buyer, you take that other agent mm-hmm. and the buyer and the, all of you guys meet together and then yep. that's how you pitch it. Okay. Yep. And then I'm, just, I'm writing this down. Yeah. No, I love it. And, and, and everybody works a little bit differently. That's just what works with us. And right. usually I have a relationship with these people, right? And so, right. and then they'll work with them and they do the, if the referral is mine, they do the business in my name. Cause I still am one of the top agents. I still want to get, you know, icon awards good. and things like it that. It still yeah. feels good well, to be in top. It does. Well, it yeah. does. But the ego part is gone for me. But right. that icon award is a big right. deal because that's life-changing stock. Right. That's stock for you. Yeah. And that's how you feed more, your family. Yeah. And more importantly, Importantly than that, I want to be in those rooms. Right. right? Proximity is power. And I want to stay in those right. rooms with these top agents. I'm a little fish. Right. But if I'm I'm interacting no, you're with not. These, <laughs> amongst these icon agents around the country. Oh, is it my partly, gosh. Is it because, though, that they're just a higher price point Mm-mm. for... 
um, median home price? No, it's, no. I mean, I'm, I'm, everybody does things differently. I mean, you, y'all do real estate in Montana differently than Austin. And I'm learning from these people doing big things in big ways and collaborating all the time. I want to stay in those rooms. So that's why I stay in production to stay in, in the icon status, because it's not really the financial piece, but it's the proximity piece for me. Right. right. Like even just talking to you right now, I feel the same way. I'm just trying to absorb your energy, your information. Yeah. And it gets me motivated. That's partly why we, we try to constantly interview top agents. And it's super, super inspiring. Well, we'll, we'll uh, whiteboard it. And I've got yes. some ideas for you. But absolutely. It's just, you know, the client feels taken care of. And like I, I'm in Montana, I've been flying up here all day, right? And I've got a whole bunch of deals going on. But I know that they have it handled because we've set up the process in, in the beginning. And then my TC works with all of us. She's involved in all of that. So they feel like they have that extra level of support. Absolutely. Yeah. So the market is shifting and changing and making all sorts of little wiggles. Um, compared to how it's been the last couple of years, what is your forecast for what the next six to 12 months is going to look like in real estate here in America? That question's always interesting to me. I think yeah. it's adjusting. I think it's correcting. I don't think mm -hmm. it's really shifting so much. And I know there's a lot of fear out there. Yes. But I've been in the business 17 and a half years and yep. I have seen a market crash. This is not a market yep. crash. This no. is a market correction, right? So for me, I don't really know what it's going to do in six to 12 months because I don't pay attention to it. Whatever the market does is not going to affect my business. I'm going to still continue to be a top producer because yes. I'm taking the opportunity to double down, right. to focus on my clients, to love on them, right. to write handwritten notes, to call them up and give you a, here's the script. Yeah. Hey, how are you? Mm -hmm. haven't, I haven't talked to you in a while. I just want to check in. You've been on my mind. Yep. It's building that relationship, right? Yep. She stole okay. my script. Yeah. Yep. She, she, she stole my script. Exact same yeah. words. No, yeah. it's game changer. Yep. It is. And it's people want to feel valued. Right. And they want to feel, I mean, I've got four kids. I'm really involved in the school. I never want somebody to see me and say, oh my gosh, there's trips mom runs. She's going to talk about real estate. No. We know those people. Same, same, same. Yeah. But I, I the want them way. to see me I and want say... Them. They need to know and they should know. We yes. talked about before we started not being a secret agent. I completely agree. Yeah. Every person, I feel like in Bozeman knows I'm in real estate, but I will at a party, at a birthday party, I never talk about it. Never no. talk They'll about bring it. it up to me because exactly. they know. Yeah. And then, Unless like, there's somebody that's literally has a hole in there, like they're, they're complaining about something that for me, because I do the financing, I can't help myself. When somebody's complaining about something that I, I literally see something that I can do to help, and I'll be like, I can help you. Yeah. Let's talk. Yeah. Not here, but let's talk real soon. I, I mean, I can't help but fill that gap, but you, I'm sure you guys and that's the same. The, well, that's the servant heart, right? You're like, well, right. I have a solution for you. Why, like, right. I'm not trying to pitch you. I'm not trying to no, tell no, you no. you're doing wrong, but let me add a suggestion that might make your life right. easier. So, I mean, I think six, 12 months, I think quite frankly, um, it's actually going to be easier. Yeah. I mean, our market in Austin was it's, it hasn't been nice it no, hasn't been and, nice either place and it wasn't fun no I mean, no it wasn't fun for sellers it wasn't fun for buyers it wasn't fun no. for agents but now i'm telling my buyers guys now you have an opportunity this is awesome the market's correcting it's not 30 40 50 offers coming in up right you can get you can get an inspection and appraisal now like let's talk good. about that that's so nice i had a client 300,000 over list and we still lost it. Yeah. Yep. That's not sustainable. I had no. one of those too. You know, we went 250 above and didn't get and it. Didn't get it. And you're like, well, um, that's yep. not the right house for you. But I think buyers are going to have a better opportunity. Sellers are having to be, I'm having to have different conversations yep. with my sellers. 
But yeah. you have to have those conversations I, yes. and set the accept, set the expectations right. so there's no surprises. Completely, down just being completely honest. And it's really hard with the sellers to talk about comps and say, yes, this is what it looks like, but we have to go below this right now. Yeah. Or it's going to sit longer. I know you right. heard the crazy stories of getting those 20, 30 offers, but that's not reality anymore. And I think this is actually a healthy market right now. Yeah. I think yeah. this is actual normal, but we went through two years of bananas. It was, that it was exhausting. It's, it's feels scary. But this is what's good and normal. And as mamas and as as women who are in our communities and care about our communities, we want to see our people of all different income levels be successful and be able yeah. to, to live the American dream. And the last couple of years has not felt good at all. Just seeing these little families that are getting started and not having any options to get into anything. You know, we, we need to set proper expectations for them too, but there was nothing that was entry level. Right. There was nothing that, uh, you know, a two income household on, you know, on their on entry level jobs, because that's where we all start with, could do anything. And the rent was out, out of control too. So I'm excited to see some price yeah. reductions and some little well, bit of humility with, our, with our sellers. <laughs> I, had a, I had a seller... Um, and I don't ever want to combat my my sellers. I don't want no. them to feel that I'm working against them. We're partners. Right. And so I write, I mean, back are the days for me where I write it in our listing agreement if we don't have offers within two weeks, if right. they're trying to price it too I high. I do that too. And I had one, literally, we just dropped it yesterday, $175,000 because yeah. they were so off. I was like, look, we did it your way. We tried. Right. But now we need to correct it before we get stale. And yep. they're like, you were right. You told us it had to have this number in front of it. And we just didn't want to listen. And I said, well, we tried it. Yeah, I said, now I was, we know. I was hoping you would be right, but yeah, let's focus on the numbers and the numbers don't lie. So I think it's, and newer agents are having a harder time with those conversations, right? Yes. You just have to be confident. And if you're not, bring alongside another agent or, or right. collaborate with a top agent and say, how do I handle this conversation with these, right. with these clients? Because we've That's been in it long. great advice for newer agents. Yeah. I've been doing that for, we have like 40 agents in our company, which is not huge, but enough. And they've been bringing me for listing agreement or for listing appointments. And I think that it's been really beneficial for them to see how you can do it, different ways of saying things and just being honest with price and, and have the confidence. Yeah. And yeah. And I told them, I tell them all the time too, it's like, I'm not always confident in some of these conversations, but I sure look like it because I'm going to fake it. Absolutely. You know, because I know my numbers. We have, have to lead to our customers. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm, not, then, then. I'm not in the business for just listing homes. I'm in the business no. to sell them. So yeah, let's talk about absolutely. that. It's one of kind of our running themes, which is top female agents. You've been doing it for a long time, but do you get imposter syndrome? Do you ever feel like, holy cow, this is so much. How are all these people trusting me? Even though you know what you're doing, I've been in real estate for 12 years, not as long as you, but I... I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I've yeah. been through thousands of transactions now. Like I know, but I still feel like, why would they pick me? Why would they? Every single day. Every day. And I think, I think a lot of people need to know that because we might look really confident and we might be really confident and we might have all this experience, but we still struggle with some things. And I think people need to understand that that's normal and it's okay. But what I tell people all the time, and it's really selfishly for me, comparison kills joy, mm -hmm. right? I can't compare myself to what everybody else is doing. No. I'm going to be say distracted. That again. Comparison kills joy. Say it one more time. Comparison kills joy. <laughs> Mic drop. Right? Because I, <laughs> I have to say it for myself. Like if you know me, if anybody knows me, they know I say that. And it's like, I'm always saying it because it's a reminder. Because right. especially in real estate, we like... You can the see beauty the queens. We talk about that. You the get the list. Oh, I don't know if your MLS does it, but ours actually has the rankings exactly ours where you rank, what your median price is, how yeah. much you like. So ours is, you know, exactly. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't quite make the top 10. I was number 11 last year. Like, yeah, ours, yeah. See, ours doesn't do that. But for I don't me, think, I don't think they should. Like, think about social media. 
mm-hmm. think about TikToks and reels and all these other things. I'm like, that is so not who I am. No. And people see if I got, by the way, my 13 year old told me you can never do a TikTok because we did one during <laughs> COVID and it was a horrible, I was like, I try. And they're like, never do that again. Right. If you're going to see me doing TikToks, I'm not being authentic. You're going to see right through that. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, but I got to do all these things. I've got to, I've got to do a, you know, a, t- a reel and I've got to understand all this. No, what I've done has worked for me and it's going to continue to work for me. And can I input other things into my business? Absolutely. But I just tell people all the time, what are you passionate about? What do you want to do? What's authentic? Because those people are, your vibe's going to attract your tribe. Mm -hmm. But imposter syndrome is a real thing. And I have a coach. I I just hired a coach about eight months ago. I've never had a coach. Oh, I mean, I didn't even know. She's a huge believer in coaches. She coaches. Coaches are amazing. But what, for me, I didn't need a production coach. I didn't know what I needed, Right. I started last year, imposter syndrome, last year, people started asking me to come and speak at events. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, I have no value to add. Yeah. Right. And they're like, are you kidding me? Like we see so much because people see us differently than we see ourselves. Right. And I'm reading the four agreements right now, which I'm like, oh right. my gosh, ding, ding, ding. Right. But that imposter syndrome is real. And I'm like, okay, well, I need a coach of some sort. I don't know what I need. It's not a production coach. My production's fine. I don't want to increase my production. So my coach is more leadership. I don't want to say mindset. I think mindset's overused, but he's more of a leadership in getting me out of that imposter syndrome. And I think we, no matter what people say, I think everybody experiences that to some extent. And it's okay to acknowledge it and it's okay to reach out for help and and try to work past it. So talk about leadership from the heart. What does that look like? What is this program? She just got excited. She just got excited. She's got a big smile. There's a leg switch. (laughs) Let me me sit tall. Um, So when COVID hit, the day before COVID hit, we were packing and my family was going on spring break and this Disney cruise and we had it all planned. And we're like, oh my gosh, the world shut down. And I think everybody was like, what is happening? And we thought it'd be for a week or two, right? One of my very, very dear friends, her name's Renee Funk. And she's one of my best friends um, that I, I met through EXP Realty. She and her husband have an amazing team in Orlando, Florida called the Funk Collection. And Oh my gosh, that's so cute. Yeah, that's really cute. That's really <laughs> right. Cute. I'm like, I want that last night. I want to buy that's that record. So cute. I know. I know. It's like, Bonk, Bonk, how cool Bonk is that? You so, yeah. Um, so they have an amazing team where they went. Like, I mean, they're on track to do 150 million this year, y'all. That's yep. crazy volume. But um, they've got this amazing team, and we always talk about reaching out and, and seeking wise counsel and finding people and check on your strong friends. Yeah. And, and I love that. Yeah. Oh. You've got to do it, right? Because yep. we're so good. And not at, one of my friends ever checks on me because they're uh, never worried about me. Oh, well, yeah. you're, I'll check I on checked you. on you. You're my new I checked friend. on you. Thank I did. You. I checked yeah. on Again, you and your baby. Crazy week. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you just got to do it because we're all going and we're putting those smiles on. But sometimes it's like, man, this was a tough day. And you just want yeah. to hear that, that friendly voice. But anyway, it was about a week or two in and she called me and she was in tears. Mm. And I go, what's going on? She's like, I, I don't know how to lead everybody's calling me. All my agents are calling me, asking me for questions. What do I do? What do I do? And I was like, I don't, she goes, I don't know what to do. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I think how to lead an adversity is such a, a, a crazy kind of a thing because you don't, you're not expecting it. Nobody expected the world to shut down. No. So I said, well, why don't we call somebody that we respect and we look up to and let's have a conversation with him and see how he's leading. Right. Right. which was Glenn Sanford, who's our founder of EXP, one of the most humble, generous people you will ever meet in your life. And we called Glenn and we're like, we're having a struggle here. Do you mind getting on a call with us? And let's go Facebook Live because if we're having these concerns, other right. people are. And so many people plugged in and and was just hungry for that information and hung on every word that he was saying. Wow. So then we're like, well, that was awesome. 
Jason, you lead differently. How do you lead? And so we started doing this every single day, reaching out to leaders that we respected didn't mean to do a podcast. It's an accidental podcast, but Mm -hmm. plug the podcast real quick. It's called leadership from the heart. And so we didn't mean to start this. We were literally just trying to figure out how to lead. And we're like, oh my gosh. And then Randall Miles, I'll never forget this. He's one of the most uplifting people. He's on billions. I'm like, he's an amazing person. And he's literally sitting in his his property in New York and he's looking down. He's like, I'm just looking down at ambulances and body bags. And like, it was so real, right? So we started talking to people every single day on Zoom. And then we started just reaching out to people like on LinkedIn and, and, and leaders. And so one of them was um, Lee Cockrell, who was one of the executive leaders of Walt Disney World mm-hmm. when 9-11 hit. Mm. And can you imagine leading through through that? And yeah. so we got on a call with him and we started seeing all these leaders in different industries saying yes. And we're like, why are you saying yes? They're like, I mean, they get big speaking. Right, speech, right, right. Well, we're all stuck in our house. We have nothing else to do. You asked. Wow. And so we, Captive. it was amazing, <laughs> right? And so we have all this content and all these videos from all these amazing industry leaders from real estate to how many episodes did you do? Oh my gosh. I don't even know. I don't even know. Okay. But we did them every single day for a couple months. Then we started doing wow. it once a week. Uh-huh. Um, and then we went to once a month. Uh-huh. And then life started again and we got busy. Sure. Right? Right. Sure. And it's like failing forward. And so um, we just oh, started yeah. kicking it off again. That's amazing. Yeah. It's crazy just asking, like asking for the business, asking for help. You just asked. And I'm assuming you weren't paying them. No. They just showed, like, that's amazing. We only got one no. Well, it, I will get it. I will get him to say yes at some point. We've only had one no, but it was a family emergency situation. But everyone we've asked, like the biggest people in Bozeman. Yep. And it's not the same as. And in the, other places. It's not the same as the Disneyland CEO. But, oh, well, we think so. Well, yeah. I mean, Bozeman's our yeah. own little. Well, it's not just been Bozeman. It's been other places too. Yeah. And, and we're spreading that out. So as a top agent, I am, I am on the edge of my seat wondering what it is that you'll say on this. Um, I do all things residential mortgage financing. That's all I do is I'm a one trick pony and we kick ass at it. Love it. We did a hundred million dollars in transactions last year. So I just, when you said your gal was on, on wow. track for 150, I was like, Oh, right there. Um, yeah, but that's awesome. What I'm wondering, and for the lenders out there that are wondering too, what is it that you look for in your lender? And do you have a strong relationship with just like a one or two lenders? And what does that look like? Oh my gosh, I, I love that question. I say that was a really that's good a question. good question. <laughs> that's it. That's the only one I'm gonna have. I think you're right. Like people just, I don't want to say spam, but they're just. I get calls and emails all the time. Hey, I want to go to lunch with you and coffee. I'm like. Who are you? What's well, the used car salesman thing? Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I don't operate that way. Um, I have three strong relationships with lenders. I have a lot of lenders I really like, but different lenders can focus on different things for yep. your clients, right? So I have a lender that's amazing with VA. Yep. Like amazing. That can make miracles happen. What's um, his name? Um, Heather Price and Tom. Oh, her. Okay. And Tom Sawyer. His name is Tom Sawyer. Oh, oh my you gosh. Won't forget that one. Yeah. I know a lot of lenders, and in, 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 uh, so I'm like wondering. I'm gonna have yeah. to ask you off air if you yeah. have some of my friends. Yeah, I'm, we'll connect on that because Heather's amazing with VAs, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've got you know one strong lender who is really great with my jumbo loans, and I do a lot of yep. luxury. Um, we do but, too. Mm-hmm. But really, for me, the lenders I choose are the ones that are relationship. Yes. They are relational with me. They are going to take care of my clients the way I take care of my clients. They're going to follow up. They're going to add value to me. They're going to make me look good. Yep. 
And that's, so I've got three really, really, really strong ones. When I first met Colleen, she kind of had like a little bit of a relationship, but then we went out for drinks and started chatting and she was just talking to me and she's like, no, right now refinances are just, that's what everyone's focusing on right now. She's like, I know this is not going to last forever. So I really just want to connect with agents. This is what I enjoy. This is what's going to keep feeding me. And it's true and true with her. Like she truly connects. And you, we were talking about this again in the hotel room. Yeah. That you're like, I want the relationships. That's what I'm looking for in other yeah. agents. Yeah. I don't want just someone who's... No, I don't want a transactional relationship. Yeah. Well, and, right. and that's, I mean, I was telling you guys earlier that one of my lenders took us out all on a boat with some top agents from other brokerages for a mastermind. And I was like, that's what I want. I want to build yeah. these relationships in other ways. So they're thinking outside of the box. But also, I mean, like business is business, but you want to do business with people you know, like, and trust as well. Right. And I mean, my title rep, for right. example... She's become a very good friend of mine. Like I adore her. I have ownership in another title company, y'all, that right. I don't even use because I have a relationship with them. Right. right. So Right. Yeah. No, I mean, your clients, I always say this to my realtors and and I hope that more people pick this up, but your clients are not my clients. You are my client. Yeah. You know, Alicia is my client. You guys are not just my clients, you're my friends. And so the relationships that we're building, they're lifelong relationships. I hope they last decades. I hope that we do things forever, that we count on each other, that we check on each other, like, you know, with Leighton and and her arm and all of those things, like, because I lead from the heart and I want to build those things instead of just the transactional stuff just feels used and abused and it doesn't work for me. And I know that a lot of realtors really feel that it's like, you don't want to work with me. You just want my business. You don't want to know me. You just want my business. And the only way to show that is consistently showing up and genuinely leading from the heart. You know what I saw with a lot of lenders in the last year? Things are changing very quickly where, Mm -hmm. um, but I would give them a tough deal and -hmm. they basically just didn't want it. Oh, wow. Wow. I saw, or they pretended like they did, but I could tell that there's, I'm like, if you get this deal done, you know, there'll be a lot more coming. Oh, yeah. And just didn't see that. Yeah, there was a, I met with Jillian Swanson, who's amazing out of Livingston. I feel like she's been at, like the real estate person in Livingston forever. And that was one of those things. She threw me a really difficult deal. And she said, I had no confidence you were going to get it done because it was so hard. And two other lenders had gotten rid of it. But now like that relationship is concreted. But that's the kind of thing that you should do. So lenders out there, hear me when I'm saying these kind of real relationships with realtors that are the big dogs, the really big ones, they're big dogs because they have real relationships with their clients and they work their asses off. They're really, really good people. It can take you years to build those relationships. It is not going to be overnight at all. It's not. And I tell my my newer agents who I'm like, build relationships with these different vendors. Yes. And not just jump from one to another, just build the relationships. And these these lenders too, some of them are still trying to build their business. We all were new ones. Right. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, build that relationship now and they're going to be with you through and through. Right. So that's what, I mean, that's what I and do. And it just makes it easier to pick up the phone. The conversation feels easier. It's mm-hmm. not as forced when you keep using the same people and it, you find the right ones. If I call any of my, I mean, if I call them now, they answer the phone. They don't care what time it is oh, because yeah, they yeah. know, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of nice to know that, okay, they're going to be there no matter what. And like when we were dealing with all the multiple offer situations yeah. too, it's like, okay, I had all this information. I need this now. They were mm-hmm. calling them. They were, yeah. I mean, my lenders were calling them. I didn't even have to ask them. And it's just... It's a well-oiled machine and it makes us look really good and it makes me feel really good and my clients are happy and there you go. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So you should move to Austin. Uh, You know, I have some very good friends in Austin. Um, So we won't step on them, but but yeah, absolutely. So tell us as we're wrapping up, what is it that gets you out of bed every morning? I said this earlier, I love helping people. I love lifting others as I climb. 
Mm-hmm. I want to help people out succeed me. Success looks completely different for each person, right? Yeah. But I want, like, what moves you? What what would change your life? And I think that's such a big thing to say, but it really, it could be something so small, right? And it's something little. If I can have an impact and help you, like, that's what gets me out of bed. My family is obviously my why. Right. I, I want my children to see me, and I work because it makes me a better mom. Yeah. Right? Are, your, are your kids boys, girls? I have boy, girl, boy, girl. Oh, fine. Wow. I planned that well, right? Right. But <laughs> I, I want them to see me work really hard and know yeah. what's possible, and especially my girls, right? Yes, Dang, ma'am. Yes. I've got two daughters. Yeah, especially my girls and, because they can do anything they want to do. So, you know, everybody's going to say their family's their why. But for me, I want to create a legacy, and I want to create something for my kids. And my kids can talk to adults. They look them in the eye. They're mm-hmm. incre- I mean, I have people call me all the time going, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. your kids. I had conversations with them because a lot yep. of kids don't do that anymore. Right. Yep. Um, my kids are very entrepreneurial and I want them to understand what hard work looks like. Uh, they're negotiators. I'm like, yep. well, quit using my negotiation and, stuff and on And you me, want to tell but, them to shut the hell yeah, up when you're, you're so doing proud that. Of them. You're yeah. like, I'm good job. Yeah, yeah. So just, you know, making the world a better place. And I know that's such a cliche answer, but man, just being involved in my community and my my world and just doing what I can on my part to help somebody else do. I can feel that from you so much. Yeah. I can just feel that like you're, it's not BS. It's not just to get another deal done. You truly oh, no. just feels good for you. Yeah, you know, for fun. most people when they die, there's the rows in the funeral parlor, right? There's the first row. Those are the people that really loved you. There's the second row. Those are the people that are supporting the people in the first row. And then there's most of the time for most people, third row and back, everybody else is on their phone. And the trick is, wow. is like when you think about making a legacy and it's not just for your family, it's not just leaving something for your family, but it's also leaving an impact. So those folks in the, in the back rows are not on their phones, that they, they really truly see the impact that you've had in the community and in, you know, the different realtors that you've lifted up. I can't express enough how what a crazy freaking week I had. I'm getting emotional again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) We didn't even know it. Just so you know, we, we spent 24 hours in the hospital with my daughter. She broke her arm, a fracture in the monkey Same spot that Red did. Yes. Same spot. Yeah. A few people reach out and say that. I got in a car accident. A UPS driver hit me. I didn't know that. I know. It was a cold ordeal. I'm so grateful you here. uh, uh, Things happened bad. And then my dog, uh, we just got a puppy, which is a good thing. But then my other dog, there was a bear in our yard, knocked down our fence. Our dog got away. There was a bear in your yard. So right after I came from the hospital. (laughs) I'm in Montana. 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 (laughs) You see, you're not stressed at all. (laughs) No. Um, Yeah. Like there's a bear in my yard. Oh, (laughs) so he knocked on our fence and our 15 year old dog ran away. We Aww. found him on Bozeman Lost Pets, but he was lost for another 24 crazy hours. Been a week. So you girl, girl, you're getting me all misty. I, I'm, this well, is a week. You're amazing. Four, it's almost like me saying an armadillo's in my yard. You're like, what the heck is yeah. that? But, but also, and then four delayed closings. They all finally closed today. Oh, but I know. Why? I know. Yeah, anyway, was so it a lender yeah. problem? Do we have to go? No, do we have to go kick them in the them, ass? Two of them were HRDC problems. Um, I, to, I know, that's rough. But they see, you know what? Things, but, you yeah. got through all of that and you're a better person because of you got through all that. And I'm here. Oh, yeah. And you're here. Yeah, I was, yeah. I, I thought for sure I'd end up with the flu just because that was the weekend yeah. having. <laughs> so you know what's interesting? So um, our company has, we have a shareholder, because we're all shareholders, but we have a shareholders event every year and then we have an EXP con. But the shareholders event, this is what's great with my husband, but he's like really involved in everything. And so the shareholders event was in Orlando back in June mm. and I had it all planned and my son was going to Boy Scout camp and my other son was um, interning and my husband was going to be home with my girls three days before I had to leave for Orlando. My husband's like, oh, you know, a lot of the dads are going to the Boy Scout camp, so I'm going to go too. 
Mm. And I said, okay, great. When is that? Exact same date mm -hmm. that I had to be at shareholders. I'm speaking on stage. I'm like, no, 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 you've got two daughters. And he's like, oh, yeah. well, what can we do with them? <laughs> um, he well, would like to go to Boy Scout camp. Right. He goes, well, I'm going. I already booked myself. I'm like, Wes, um, he goes, you just have to take them with you. I was like, I can't take my 13 and nine-year-old with me. Like, first of all, my girls, they don't look their age, especially my 13-year-old. Mm. And I'm like, I'm not going to have my girls just kind of hanging out in a pool with a whole bunch of strangers yeah. at this big resort in Orlando, Mama Bear, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I, like, I panicked and I booked two flights. And then one of our <laughs> amazing, again, people that you surround yourself with and having an amazing, having amazing tribe around we you. We talk about that a lot, um, too. We have this amazing, um, she's the director of uh, social media for all of EXP and they live out in Seattle. And um, I said, is, is your wife coming? No. I was like, can she come? <laughs> she's like, can I, I buy her plane ticket? Laura, can I, will you come out and hang out with my girls? And Laura's one of those. Oh my gosh, I love her. She's like, I'll cut anybody who tries to touch your girls. And I'm like, okay, good. That's what I need. <laughs> I was like, I'll buy your plane ticket, whatever. Yeah, yeah. She's like, right. She gets on a plane from Seattle, Washington and mm -hmm. flies to Orlando mm -hmm. just to help me out. Right. And, mm. but here's the thing. Holy here's cow. amazing. I'm stressing out about my girls, but here's what Laura did. She made, had my girls come see me when I'm speaking and in my element, yes. doing my own thing. And I told my girls, I was like, listen, everybody kind of knows me. Yeah. And I said, I don't really know a lot of people, but I'm just going to tell you a She's lot She's a celebrity. Well, it's kind of okay. weird because my girls are like, yeah, whatever, mom. It's okay. okay. They did not believe you. They didn't believe me. Yeah. I mean, y'all, I have over 11,000 people in my organization alone, right? right? So people know me. I don't necessarily know them. Right. And I said, if people come up to you, you'll have to be on your best behavior. And they're like, okay, mom, whatever. My 13-year-old's rolling her eyes. So we take them into this big reception party and everybody's coming up to them and everybody's talking to them. And we got home and they're like mom, everybody knows you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah. Oh. And later on, somebody captured film and said, what would you like to say to your mom? I had no idea. And they, oh. both of my girls said, I'm so proud of her. Like, I never Stop. realized how I hard she you. worked. I can't do I'm going to send you this video later. Anymore. But this <laughs> is what I'm saying. It's like, we do all these things and we don't know why we're doing it and our kids and things like that. And they, yeah. we don't know if they're recognizing what we're doing and why we're doing they it. They are. And then from the back end, they come in and they're like, we're, mom, we're so proud of you. But she saw me. They saw me in a different light. Yep. And there was a different respect now. Does that make sense? Yep. Oh, uh -huh. And I'm like, thank you, God. I, I didn't yep. know that's what I needed. But this little last minute. Yep. Yep. Fire drill of just throwing my girls on a plane. Thank you, Laura, who came in and she's like, oh, I mean, she, she yep. was so protective. She made them all come to all of my stuff. And it yep. was just awesome. So they could see me yeah. and they yeah. could form their own opinion. They will so, remember that for the rest yeah. of their lives. And so that's why I want my girls to know they can do anything. I want my kids to know they can do anything. So yes, my why is my family. Yes. But letting them understand that, man, what whatever you want to do, let's just go do it. Yes. And you're going to have all these people there to support you. It's so different than when we were growing up, in my opinion. Well, my mom was, my dad did well too, but my mom is definitely the breadwinner. But seeing what she did and seeing her at speaking events and all that type of stuff very much is a huge backbone of who I am and yeah. my inspiration. I feel like that in sports um, just seeing my mom be, she was a top lender in the state forever. And now she's my assistant. <gasps> she's my transaction coordinator. I love it. It was, yeah, she's Go ready mom. to retire and I forced her to work for me. Um, but 
yeah, seeing that is inspiration, seeing that you can do it. So but you, you saw really your mom working so hard growing up. See, I yes. grew up with nothing. So what right. I saw was my mom, you know, I talk about, um, I, I speak on leadership a lot. My dad was military. My parents were divorced. My dad was mean, intimidating. He didn't mean to be. He had his own demons, right? Right. Um, but I thought that's what leadership was. Right. Like you had to be mean and intimidating. And no. I was like, oh, but I was raised with my mom who was more servant leadership, right? Yep. And I, but for a long time, I thought that was weakness. So I didn't really know how to, to lead or how to be. And I had nothing. We had nothing. weakness. And yeah. being a bitch is kicking ass. Right? No, we can be no. kind and yeah. thoughtful and caring and be maternal. And well, sometimes womanly. I'm a bitch. Well, yeah, sometimes, yeah. sometimes, sometimes I, I need to be. I, I need. To, I need to be more of a bitch. I'm not. I know. Enough. I'm way. I'm way honorier than you are. Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much for everything that you've done for us, and thank you for the opportunity to yes, to visit I, with you. And you're amazing. I'm so inspired. I'm not surprised that you're I cannot all wait over the to call my lender friends in Austin and be like, I got to meet Elizabeth Riley. Well, yeah, y'all, y'all are. I can't wait to see if we know some of the same people. I'm, yeah, y'all are amazing. Thank you for having thank me on you. this. It almost makes me want to move to Montana. I mean, like, it's gorgeous here. I mean, we're it's pretty awesome here. Yeah, we're pretty awesome here. Um, I, I highly recommend it. We oh. sell second homes all the time. I can hook you up with a great realtor. <laughs> realtor, and I think I might I'll, have I'll give a, you a good referral. I might have a good lender choice, too. So yeah, there you go. Y'all are amazing. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it so much. Thanks, Elizabeth. Thank you for joining us today. Tune in next week for another episode of Leading Ladies of Montana Real Estate.